Book four, chapter fifteen of the Spy Company, a story of the Mexican War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Spy Company, a story of the Mexican War by Archibald Clavering Gunter. Book four, Miss Godfrey's Father, chapter fifteen a mighty suspicion here hampton says love you needn't open your mouth about this to the boys no siree answers harry but miss godfrey thinking a sweetheart's privilege suddenly cries sharp you haven't had any sleep for sixty hours now be a good boy and go off and get some rest mr love will take me back to the hotel right ye are rejoins the frontiersman and turns his back abruptly upon the couple this as they are still secluded by shrubbery from the street gives hampton an opportunity for a farewell kiss the girl as she returns it makes him very happy by prattling in an affianced voice now please do what i say get a little sleep you're not all iron you you're flesh and blood oh very much flesh and blood when i get you in my arms answers hampton with such a look in his eyes that the coming bride retreats from him laughingly yet blushingly to her he says significantly don't forget sis i'll be down to see dad to-morrow evening at live oaks and make arrangements for the wedding yes sharp to-morrow evening whispers miss godfrey and watches with her heart in her eyes the captain stride back towards the rangers quarters just across the great plaza then very happily and excitedly trips off towards the inn escorted by mr love thar's purty considerable ginger left in sharp yit allowing he's travelled horseback three days and nights runnin eh suggests wild harry yes murmurs the girl ye look as if he'd a been about as spry wid ye as three or four city fellers laughs her companion your hair's must awful yes but please don't talk about it mr love falters estrella hanging her head though there is a mighty elation in her heart she thinks this morning shuddering from the proffered hand of jasper monkton this afternoon happy in the arms of sharp hampton suddenly her bliss is tempered with the direful consideration how shall i tell my father when he says what i am about to do will bring beggary upon him and the agitated girl would go into a miserable brown study were mr love the escort to give her time for contemplation as he walks by her side he is chuckling ye wargis like the coon up the tree and martin scott weren't ye mistrella when he come along you say oh dat you sharp hampton you're such a dead shot i'll come right down this emphasized by the frontiersman's coon-like actions would make miss godfrey laugh in a half bashful half hysterical way did not the harem scarum fellow suddenly say and he most kissed your mammy's locket off ye for in her interview with her affianced miss godfrey 
has pulled this trinket from out her riding habit to show it to the ranger captain as proof of her father's great love and tenderness for her and now it is carelessly dangling about her white neck by its golden chain ah you recognize the trinket murmurs miss godfrey much more interested in other things than in her jewelry sartin every one at live oaks knowed that air locket your dad ordered it made in matter morris it's greaser workmanship look here reckon i do know the locket wild harry takes the bauble as it dangles from her and shows he is well acquainted with the trinket for he presses the hidden spring and astounds estrella by saying how do you like your dad's face my dad's face half screams the girl shucks it's empty mutters the erratic fellow ye yanked dad out to put sharp's picture in eh but there was a picture there two days ago whispers estrella you said my father's face then she suddenly asks a strange quiver in her voice what was the portrait like you're certain my father had one painted oh sure as you're trembling now on ivory or chiny your dad said it was to send to your mammy bless your heart he was so proud of his picture he showed it to everybody about the plantation didn't he show it to ye it had an italian name written under it amalfi screams the girl why yes ye guessed it fust time answers love and playing with the locket does not note that his listener's face has grown pallid and her eyes strained by some marvellous and astounding thought that was the name of the travelling italian that painted it continues harry closing the trinket the pronouncing of amalfi always kinder stuck in my windpipe he was a no-count kind of a dago who'd wandered up here just afore your dad went on that air expedition looking for the grand Cavera, that time when the comanches came down and wiped out the plantation and killed my mammy you remember girl my mammy love's eyes grow so dim he doesn't notice the monstrous effect his words have had upon his companion for miss godfrey is thinking very hard and now has a strange suspicion in her voice as she is saying with lips that have grown ashen you can see my father to-day without wounding your feelings by visiting the place of your mother's death he is here in town what jim godfrey here it's strange i haven't put my eyes on him cries harry heartily yes he's now at the old mexican posada talking to your colonel supposing you go down and shake his hand and come along with him i'd i'd like to see you very much together wall i'd like to see myself together with jim godfrey very much miss strella remarks the frontiersman though i shan't say nothing to dad like to tell dad yourself little bashful eh for estrella is quivering and waving like a lily swaying in the breeze yes and even if you don't see my dad falters the girl a curious weird intensity in her voice 
don't say anything about this locket or anything else to hampton at least not until you've seen me why sartin but i don't see how that makes any difference here the frontiersman interrupts his own speech by suddenly crying out great golly love has made ye loony for estrella is reeling and gasping half hysterically you said my father's face was in that locket my father's face oh it seemed to come to me out of the past good heavens i began to remember ay ay holy poker this hot sun or sharp hampton has rubbed your poor brain out mutters wild harry and seizes the delicate girl to keep her from falling then he takes her in his strong arms and carries her back to the inn where finding her father has not returned he says to the mexican hostess here's a gal who's got sunstruck or high strikes or something ye reviver i'm too bashful to unlace her stays and do the proper thing by her as soon as the proper thing is done for miss godfrey in the retirement of a little chamber of the posada by a couple of mexican girls mr love goes away to find her daddy quite shortly estrella revives and goes to pacing her room muttering that picture taken from the locket by whom and why taken the sight of it was a surprise to my father my is he my father oh god what is in my head is he my father but love will see him ten years can't have changed him too much to be recognized still it is very curious very suspicious and she recalls the mysterious change in her father's letters after the rock springs fight and begins to remember what hampton had told her on the steamer about the man they had rescued from the desert combat and his going back to the live oaks hacienda and after discovering every living thing upon it dead making up his mind to rebuild and restock it though before that he had only intended to obtain the gold buried in the ruins and then go away from it frantically she strikes her forehead and asks could it be possible and answers herself yes it might every white man on the plantation butchered nearly every settler that could possibly have seen his face gone to death at the massacres of the alamo and goliad every negro on his plantation run off the whole country deserted and made a desert by raids of the savages and forays of the mexican rancheros it might be then sweetheart's confidence coming into her she murmurs i must see sharp i must get wild harry to bring him to me next pauses and mutters my heaven no not till i am sure if sharp doubted my father also and dad turned out to be dad then he would never forgive my husband it will be hard enough now when hampton's marriage to me ruins dad next bursts out hysterically dad oh i pray heaven he is dad and through her kindly mind comes a frantic hope that her suspicion may come to naught 
she has given this man and daughter's tender love so long she finds it very hard to think it only dross she has placed him on high in her confidence and affections tis difficult to throw him into the dust she murmurs to herself oh god i loved him so dearly and yet i must know pacing the room she waits for harry to return and finally such is her anxiety goes down into the street and watches for him but the texan ranger never comes along and tired of racking anxiety and tremendous suspense the girl goes back into the inn and seats herself on the low balcony of the posada and still watches shortly after godfrey and monkton come hastily walking up the street full of the excitement of a big horse trade as they pause at the entrance of the inn she sitting on the low balcony that is scarce five feet over their heads hears monkton say to godfrey that order of uncle sam's quartermaster's all right sure replies the other then asks do you know who brought it and whispers some name she cannot distinguish this is greeted by a muttered execration from jasper who adds curse him fortunately he's been in the saddle three days and wasn't very lively to get about town to see her that's so much the more reason we better get her out of town quick answers godfrey and orders their horses to be hastily brought up at their summons the girl descends to them fortunately it is now growing dark and they don't look very closely at her but when her father approaches her to place her in the saddle she draws slightly back and says mr monkton please this so delights both godfrey and her suitor that both gentlemen seem very much pleased with their fair charge as they lope along but between them rides a girl whose eyes sparkle as the stars of the night above her and whose soul is racked with is this man my father if he is for my suspicion i'll sue his pardon on my bended knees if he is not let him beware for he has accepted from my lips the kisses of a daughter in her agitation she has almost forgotten that she is coming bride to the ranger captain elated with estrella's complaisance to monkton and likewise a successful horse trade and talking mostly of that her two escorts during this dark ride do not note the distracting passions on miss godfrey's face this is very fortunate it gives the young lady not only time to control the display of her emotions but to determine upon her methods of action but the conversation as they ride along brings miss godfrey's thoughts once more upon her love yet also makes her reticent in regard to it the gentlemen are quite merry over the price they have got for their horses from the ranger colonel godfrey saying jingo didn't hayes hold out on the figure for those broncos but he had to have the nags to get his command down to taylor in time adding grimly reckon many of his boys will leave their bones the other side of the rio grande estrella 
is quite sure from the tone of his voice that he hopes hampton will be one of those doomed to death but jasper here startles both his companions by remarking jim did you see that long-legged ranger squinting at you for the last ten minutes you were fixing up the horse trade with hayes not sharp hampton asked godfrey uneasily and estrella exhibiting no surprise at his words he glances at her but she is too interested in jasper's communication to notice this monkton answers easily no it wasn't the captain i know him by sight it was a slim crazy-eyed fellow in buckskin who looked at you as if you had made him a little more loony than usual i was going to tell you about him but didn't like to interrupt when you were getting such a long price for the horses from the texan colonel some of the boys in the saloon called him wild harry wild harry why i-i thought he was with hampton's company doubted matamoris stammers godfrey his voice is husky despite the darkness estrella can see him sway in his saddle she's not surprised that under the plea of clinching up his saddle godfrey has her ride ahead while he and jasper go into quite a long and muttered conversation in it apparently monkton learns something that impresses him also when the two men overtake the young lady neither seems in such high spirits as before this gives her suspicions greater strength miss godfrey now makes up her mind not to mention her promise to hampton why should i sue blushing trembling and embarrassed for a father's blessing until i am sure he has a father's authority and love she thinks cogently and is quite relieved at postponing an ordeal that even in her sweetheart's arms had made her cold with apprehension so taking it rather leisurely after a long ride through the darkness they reach the hacienda of live oaks some time after midnight to be ushered in by zelma who has supper on the table awaiting them as estrella avoiding monkton's attentions hastily slips off her horse she is no more the girl who yesterday had left this place drooping under a father's entreaties that it almost breaks her heart to deny nor a bashful maiden trembling at the wooing of a man she loathes but a woman determined to give herself to the man she loves and to make sure the man assuming a father's station to her has a parent's authority over her before she asks his blessing even as she dismounts estrella shows how carefully she has considered her position if godfrey has purloined the picture her not mentioning her loss will make him suspicious as soon as she is in the doorway of the house and standing in the light she says her fragile hand playing nervously with her locket papa the word comes very hard to her tongue now i hope you won't be very angry at me but in san antonio i discovered i had lost the picture from my locket it must have fallen out while i was galloping so recklessly into the town the languor and great exhaustion of the long ride make her eyes tranquil but they are bright enough to notice that at mention of the locket a sudden anxiety has flown into both men's faces indicating that they have discussed the trinket her careless words apparently being relief to them for monkton asks 
nonchalantly what locket and godfrey cries heartily shucks don't bother about it i'll give you my picture to put in that falderall on your wedding day daughter do the polite to her jasper and tote your sweetheart into supper estrella embarrassed at the words has tact enough to refuse her suitor's escort to the table on the ground of extreme fatigue and to permit though she winces under it a paternal salute on her white forehead from godfrey so leaving the two gentlemen to smoke their cigars and drink their whisky together the girl goes wearily but hastily up to her chamber here fortunately the great joy of approaching nuptials almost obliterates the miserable uncertainty of her position but after a little exhausted by her long journey nature claims its meed rest comes to her and despite excitement she has the blessing of a dreamless sleep awakening early in the forenoon a sweetheart's rapture thrills her and she whispers to herself longingly this evening sharp comes to tell papa then full recollection smiting her she moans to herself how to discover for i will discover i'll ask no father's blessing on my nuptials till i know pondering on this an unutterable horror crushes her she shudders if if he is not my father perhaps he killed my father but finally puts that idea away hampton's report of the rock springs fight showing there was no need of murder to produce death in that dread affair forcing herself to calmness the young lady goes downstairs and soon discovers things that add to her suspicion to her relief her father and monkton have been long away on the business of getting the big bands of horses driven in from the prairie and the proper nags selected for delivery to the impatient ranger colonel miss godfrey is waited on at breakfast by the octoroon toward the end of the meal chancing to mention the loss of her picture rather nonchalantly as if it were but a matter of passing moment estrella is astonished to see her maid's eyes grow apologetic and her manner greatly confused come with me to my room zelma the mistress says assuming indifference as she places her coffee cup on the table and let us see if we cannot find that portrait together it possibly dropped out of the locket before i left for san antonio as they go upstairs her attendant gives miss godfrey a shock she says with equal carelessness what makes you and your father both so brisk about that picture estrella for the moment is too startled to reply to this but in her room her suspicions become more vivid as she notes that her maid's examination of her chamber is entirely perfunctory inspiration smiting the mistress she suddenly cries zelma you know where that miniature is mistrella what what makes you think that stammers the octoroon why because you're not looking for it if you've carelessly lost this portrait from the locket confess it to me and i promise pardon but the girl who is trembling now not answering her the mistress cannot help imploring it it is a picture of my mother's brother i don't want to lose it tell me about it 
have i not always been good to you zelma and so finally works upon the feelings of her attendant that she sobs miserably don't ask me miss strella don't ask me if i told you i'd be skinned alive ah no doubt you would assents estrella she is now sure that her maid either took the portrait by godfrey's orders or had seen him purloin it and been warned to keep a silent tongue she breaks out in anger half simulated half real you carelessly have lost it that's the reason you dare not open your lips to me but i shan't tell my father about it because he'd punish you terribly though i shall punish you myself she takes the young woman to the sewing-room gives her a big lot of sewing and commands don't dare to stir from here until this is finished but to make very sure locks the culprit in coming out of the room she thinks alone for hours with the exception of old dinah the cook she and selma are the only inmates of the house dinah never leaves the kitchen it is quite certain that monkton and godfrey will not return till evening from the corrals she thinks desperately i'll search his room and get that picture whereupon safe from zelma's eyes she goes cautiously into what she once called her father's bedroom and investigates his wardrobe and his desk this is a simple matter the frontier planter's clothes are few and his plain deal desk has but a country lock the key of which is in it carefully examining the pockets of his clothes she finds nothing of importance in these next she inspects the papers in his desk which are not very numerous most of his business documents being at the house he calls his office but does not find the portrait though looking over the last package of papers tucked away in an envelope something meets her eyes that makes estrella utter a shriek of rage it is the letter she had written to hampton this increases her determination to discover whether this man who has assumed a father's authority over her is really entitled to her love duty and obedience she must know that she will know that she murmurs to herself oh god i loved him so but the letter in her hand makes her add bitterly he wasn't very merciful to me thinking of the picture she cries to herself the face smiled at me from the past twas a recollection of childhood i can see the dear eyes now i will see again that picture yet search how she will and she seeks it in careless reckless eagerness she cannot find the miniature finally concluding that the portrait must have been destroyed she desperately determines there is one living witness who can say from his own eyes this jim godfrey was jim godfrey before the fight at rock springs and is your father i'll send for harry love and bring them face to face she writes a hurried note orders her mare saddled and rides off to the cabin of a hunter a little way up the san antonio trail where for a few dollars she knows she can get a mexican to speed with a message that very day into the pueblo town she is altogether too experienced now to trust the letter to an ox-team but even in the act of dismounting at the hunter's cabin 
a sharp-eyed brown-skinned muchacho comes spurring down the san antonio trail and putting his cunning glance on her promptly pulls up his mustang and edging alongside of her whispers pronto aqui dona yankee and passes to her astonished but eager hand a thumb-worn and dirty slip of paper for a second she thinks it is some message from hampton but starts as she deciphers in half-printed illiterate script i've dropped on what knocked your senses out of ye yer guessed it down ternight with evidence until then keep mum as ye love your life cute harry as its full import smites her the girl almost falls off her horse her mighty suspicion has become a crushing and appalling certainty she reels in her saddle and mutters to herself orphaned end of book four chapter fifteen recording by john brandon